0: We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's Sermon Podcast. Hey, we release Sermon Podcast weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. This is not a Christmas message. Tonight will not be that message. Uh, Even the season for this message seems wrong. It seems wrong. But I want to promise you, I want to make you promise. If I have ever heard from the Lord, if I've ever heard from the Lord on what I am to teach and what I am to preach, I know what we're supposed to hear tonight. I don't have any question. I don't have any reserve I don't have any bother I don't have any fear those of you that are watching on Facebook or will keep up in some other kind of way let me just tell you right now go ahead and like this message and go ahead and press share because the whole world needs to hear it Amen Are you ready? Now are y'all scared or ready? Amen We're going to go read one verse out of the book of Ecclesiastes. I know we read from there last week, uh, and it's not common, especially twice in a row, but that's where we're at today. And uh, we've got a guest or two here tonight. How do we feel about our guest? Honored, honored, honored that you're here. Amen, amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We're going to read verse number four. This is not going to tell us a whole lot about the message really uh, but it will give us some word and let us be seated. He that observeth the wind shall not sow and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. He that observeth the wind Here let's read it together You ready? Let's do it Let's go He that observeth the wind Shall not sow And he that regardeth the clouds Shall not reap Wow That was strong I want us to really pray Not just for me But I want us to pray for you Because I want us all to have a pure heart To hear this pure word are you ready let's do it let's pray that he'd have his way and we'd be prepared for it Lord in your name there's none like you there's none before you there's none beside you and surely there'll be none after you thank you for all you've done thank you for all you're gonna do I thank you for this word tonight I thank you for this beautiful congregation thank you for those that are watching listening now live or at another time bless them Lord Let this word be fresh to their heart, to their mind. Touch us all as we hear it. Let us understand it. And then more than anything, maybe let us respond to your word and what your spirit would say to us. And we'll give you praise and we'll give you glory and honor in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Come on, let's love him one more time. Bible said clap your hands all you people it don't matter who you are or what your experience is let's do that together look at your neighbors I'm glad to see you You may be seated. God bless you. I love you all, and I'm glad you're here. And I'm not looking past tonight, but I'm already looking towards Sunday. If everything goes right, a couple of young ladies, a couple that are in our children's church, are going to be getting baptized. And I'm excited about that. Amen, amen, amen. I want to preach to you from this little simple thought. Do we really... Trust God. How many of you trust God? Everybody in here, 100%, trust God. Everybody trusts Him. So that ought to work real well for us to receive this word if we trust Him. I've been in a lot of conversation in the last six or eight weeks especially uh, because We've been here every day, virtually, I won't say all day, but a lot of times throughout the morning, and I'll make hospital calls and go home a couple hours, come back at night, but a good 10 or 12 hours, uh, a lot of days, and more than that uh, on some days. And there's been people in and out, church people, visitors, people just driving by, people just wanting to know what's going on, just about maybe a week, week and a half, uh, from having our office space ready. I think by Sunday most everything will be ready, but uh, as you remember, we moved our Sunday school over here in our office space, and so we, we've made some changes. It's been a lot of work, and uh, I've been in a lot of conversation because of that over the last few weeks, and conversation about our our dream, we, we've, had a, we've had a dream for the last eight years. For the last six years, we've had a, a plan, and uh, we've been looking at that plan, and we've talked about building. In the last six or eight years, we've had waves of times where we filled this building up, put chairs along the back, and then we'd go for a few months where we didn't need chairs, and we'd say, oh, no, and then we'd look up, and we'd need chairs again, and we'd say, oh, no. Oh no is oh no. And so I began to look at that and I look at our plan, talk to various ones about our plan, about our future, about my age, about how much time I have, how, how, how long can, uh, when will the time come I can have the wisdom of an old man and the health of a young man? Because that's just a little span, really. It really is. I may have missed it, uh, but what what do we need? How much money do we need to borrow? Y'all think of fixing preach money, don't you? What can we build? What can we have? Until then, what do we do here? I wish I wish y'all could hear all the questions that come into my mind and from other people from time to time. They're not bad. But they sure they sure challenge you. Until then, what do we do? Uh, sh- well, should we increase increase the space here? Uh, should we add a third service? Because what happens is when the building gets full, that old eighty percent rule—it's absolutely true. When people are sitting on top of people and breathing each other's air, they don't like it, and they'll quit coming. It happens. We we've, we've watched it happen over and over and over, and. we've needed space for a long time at different seasons. We had a couple of years there with this flu and this virus and whatever was going on to where obviously things were a a little different. But uh, unlike a whole lot of other churches, we've had a wonderful bounce back. I mean, we really, really have. A lot of churches close their doors and, I mean, literally, physically close their doors and, the Lord's been good to us. And right in the middle of all of these conversations, there is a go-to phrase, and I've probably told it to many of you. I'm certain over half of you, that that, that it's, it's just like it's there. It's just tattooed on the front of my memory, you know, just right there ready to be read. And each and every time we get into this conversation, Here is my default. Here's my default as a pastor. We're a very middle class church. Hear me. Hear hear me. Uh, we, We do have businessmen and women. We do have professionals. But as far as the income and as far as the finances of our church, we're a very middle class, modest church. Amen. I'm not looking to buy my second jet. I have a glory. But I want I want to share a little shame with you, and a little a little conviction and a little slap around that I took. The Lord knows how to talk to you, and he just began to speak to my heart. One of the last times I made that statement. And he showed me what he was proud of. I thought about all the churches that he read about. The church at Laodicea, and the church at Ephesus, and and, and on and on and on. And he wrote to the seven churches at the end of time. And I kind of felt that way just a little bit as the Lord was speaking to my heart. He says to me, you try real hard to do right. I'm proud of you for that. Anybody Has the Lord ever told any of you, I'm proud of you? Well, doesn't that feel good? Am I the only one? If so, I feel real special. Some of you don't want to admit that you have had an attaboy from heaven. That don't mean you think you're special. That means that your father loves you enough to say good boy every now and then. And so he, he said, you, you, you try to be right. You, you do good. You, you work hard. To help everybody, you do what you can anytime you can. You stretch uh, the tent, so to speak, to take some people in and do some things. And you preach the truth, you work hard, you give, you're a blessing to my kingdom. I'm smiling about that. I'm smiling, I'm happy about that. And then I realize the Lord is encouraging me so that he can then correct me. This is what he does. This is how he operates. He always lifts us up. It's like a parent. When you get ready, son, this is going to hurt me worse than it's going to hurt you. I think it's pretty incredible. I don't think anybody ever believed it. But I've stated, well, I've always given a reason why we couldn't do it, what our excuse is for the next stage of this church life. You know, it, what what is it? And so after I felt like the Lord was speaking to me things that I was doing good and I felt proud and a, a little a Holy Ghost proud, not in my flesh, but then the Lord spoke to my heart again and, and he said something that didn't make me feel so proud. He said, I, I've got an issue with your leadership. While you try hard, you also make excuses for people. Give them an out. You don't have the right to give them an out of my word. Oh, you do it without realizing it. You tell people, the Lord knows your heart. You'll do what's right. And that opens up a door to make decisions in people's minds to do what the flesh wants to do. It happens. It happens, and I'm guilty of it as as I can be. And so my brain wants to start pretending that I don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? I mean, I I try to preach the truth and and do everything. I I don't guess I understand. And the Lord says, "When, when I've given you a promise and I've given you a word and I've given you an order, you don't have the right to change my plan. Amen. So first of all, I want to apologize to you for every time I've ever tried to change his plan. And then I'm going to preach the truth to you. And if you don't like it when it's over, I'll, uh, I'll find me a good travel trailer. Amen. 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 I'm afraid that the Lord is going to return with us sitting on our pews, relaxing on our couch, riding down the road in our nice car with the seed of the harvest still in our pocket. Because we always say that he's the Lord of the harvest. But before he was ever the Lord of the harvest, he was the Lord of the seed. He don't just show up with harvest in his hand. See, that's what happens. So many people say, Lord, bless me, touch me, change me, heal me, put me back together. Come on. They want the harvest but have never opened their hand with a seed in it. We all want 100 acres of soybeans at soybean season. We all want a couple thousand acres of cotton when it's time to bale cotton. But nobody wants to go plant it. I've been guilty of saying, just do what you think, just do what you feel, everything's going to be all right, but I'm going to tell you something, going forward, if you ever come ask me what you ought to do, that means you're really asking me, I'm going to say if you'll give the seed, he'll give the harvest, if you'll plant a seed, he'll raise up a crop, I don't want to be setting on seed while everybody else is, is in the field gathering a harvest. I don't want to do that. And we're going to talk financially. We're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about praise. We're going to talk a lot about a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you something. We're not a middle class church. We're only middle class because we choose to be. We're only middle class financially because we choose to be. We're only middle class in our worship and in our our singing and our preaching and our leadership and in our ability to reach our communities and our cities because we want to be. Because God is not a man that he can lie. If you put a seed in the ground, in the name of the Lord, in good soil, it will grow the crop you intended for it to grow. Ecclesiastes 11 and 4, let me read it one more time. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. This verse is telling us, I broke this down in every way that I could. It's telling us that when we focus on what we can see, we will never get what we can have. Come on, he says this right here. He said, when you observe the wind, even though it's the day to plant, you say it's a little windy. You'll never grow a crop waiting on the right weather. Come on, you'll never build a building. You'll never start a prayer life. You'll never see your children come into the kingdom. The baptistry might as well be empty. It'll never happen if you don't plant a seed. God is not into popping up perfect harvest in places where seed has never been planted. Come on. We want him to show up with a harvest. And and we used to sing, it's harvest time. We used to sing, the fields are white. But I don't remember seeing too many songs about planting the seed and giving and sacrificing of ourselves. This verse tells us when we focus on what we can see, we'll never get what we can have. If we're waiting on the perfect time to put seed in the ground, to invest in the future, if we're waiting on perfection, it will never come. I'm going to preach this. I'm gonna, if I have to plod through it, I'm going to preach it. He does not show up, hear me, with a harvest. Do you know that after we got through prayer and fasting in the month of October and then we built a couple of rooms in there, if we baptized two more come Sunday, we would have baptized 22 people within 60 days of prayer and fasting, we planted a seed. God brought a harvest until we realize it's our responsibility to plant financial seed, spiritual seed, prayer seed, worship seed until we plant the seed. Expect any more family. Help me, Lord. He's not going to just show up here with a harvest, but he's willing to pass out seeds by the pound. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Listen to this verse 7. This is a tough verse right here. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I put in my notes right here, preach this. I don't believe verse 7 is the problem. I don't think we hold a grudge about giving. I don't think we go, well, it's just necessary. It's something that I've got to do. I don't believe that we even want to just be happy because the Bible says that's what we ought to do and he loves a cheerful giver. I believe that verse six is a problem because it says if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. I believe our problem is we don't trust God. Everybody in the room said, I trust the Lord. If you do, then if you'll sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully he is not a man that he cannot lie he's not a man that can make a mistake he's not humanity his second nature is not a lying tongue and his first voice is not a lying tongue or how to get out of his promises but he said this if you'll give I'll multiply it if you'll give I'll make it bigger and better and you'll have more seed this time next year than you did this time because every harvest reproduces seed of its kind I can give you a pound of mustard seeds and bring you a hundred million seeds back in ten years I see too many times we're looking out for number one What can I do? What can I do for me? Where can I save an extra dollar? Where can I have an extra minute? Where can I have a little more time? And I want to tell you what the Lord is looking to do. He's looking to redeem the time. He's looking to restore the time. One man said, Lord, I can't praise you from the grave. He said, okay, I agree. 15, 12 more years I add to your life. Let me tell you why. Because that man made a promise. He said, If you'll spare me and give me a little time to worship you, I can't worship you from the grave. And the Lord said, I can honor that. I'll change my will and my plan. I don't think seven's our problem. I don't think anybody has a grudge towards the offering plate. I don't think anybody's got a grudge towards this message. I don't think anybody's got a grudge towards building a new building or or, or doing some cleanup and some remodeling or, or some expansion. I don't think anybody's got a grudge against that at all. I believe where our problem is, is when we look at the month and we look at the money. We lose our trust. We okay? Y'all hadn't heard this like this three times in five years. But I want to tell you something. I'll admit to you, I've robbed some of you by trying to be overly kind and tiptoe around this subject. But he just asked like this, will a man rob God? And the answer to the question was, what do you mean rob God? He said, in tithes and offerings. you just going to rob me? Well, we got people want to learn how to sing. People coming up. We've got seven or eight guys coming up preaching. We've got some that want some leadership. They, they want some things. And but you know what? I'm gonna tell you something. God is gonna invest a good harvest in those that invest a good seed. Folks, it would be terrible. It, I mean Really? What is the what is our reason? Is it because we're just middle we're just out here in Terrell, we're not in Allen or Plano somewhere? I think a dollar might go further out here. I think we got more time out here. If you just leave it up to the, to the human nature, I believe we got more time. We're not in, in, the, in the riffraff and in the, in the, the rat race. We may drive in and out, but we get to come home to, to, to an increasingly growing community. But still at the same time, many of us can go to our country settings and hear a passing car every few minutes. I think he's given us the right place, the right time, the right moment to expand his kingdom. Not for me, I don't have to be here. Not for you, you don't have to be here. But God is looking for there to be a place. Come on, somebody hear me, that every little while we don't want to lose a few folks because they're tired of sitting in each other's lap and tired of breathing each other's air or ask the choir to go from five hours to nine hours in a day and add another service. We've been to that three service on Sunday deal already. Here's what I'm preaching to you tonight. I am asking you, I understand it's Christmas time. I know you're praying about the kids and the grandkids and what you're gonna do, but I'm asking you to go a step further. I'm asking you to start making God some promises about this coming new year. It's too late to preach this in January because then we've already missed the time. But we need to become new creatures in Christ and we need to realize that either we trust him or we don't. And if you can't trust him with a dollar, are you gonna try to tell me you trust him with your soul? Are you gonna trust him with heaven and hell if you can't trust him with your tithes and offerings? You're preaching at us, pastor. I'm doing two things. I'm trying to make sure that you have a harvest at home and that I'm not judged for not giving you the whole truth. I got an answer to it. Seven is not our problem. Six is our problem. We don't trust. Nobody leaves here mad. Nobody will leave here upset about the sermon. Nobody will leave here fussing and cussing about it. But here's what will happen sometimes. We simply don't trust his math. We don't trust it with his time. We don't trust it with his worship. We don't trust it with his prayer. We don't trust it with his finance. We don't trust it with his plan. He said, what are you going to do? Just just build up bigger where when you're, when you're dead, your kids and grandkids are just going to blow that. They're just going to blow it going to be gone. It's going to rust. It's going to be corrupt. The moth is going to eat it. What are you going to do? But he that winneth a soul. Well, Pastor, I hadn't bought into that whole building project. How about buying into outreach? I bet if we get this thing so full your kids can't show up on Sunday, then you'll buy into the building. So invest in outreach. Invest in tithe and offering and missions. We give to missions every year thousands of dollars. Build churches in other nations. We should talk about it more, but we do it each and every year. Woo. Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You're not gonna make fun of him. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Hear that? It's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about ours. Here's what he said. You're sowing into corruption. When it becomes all about you, the harvest you're gonna have is gonna be all about you. Uh, And it's gonna be corrupt, he said. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let's go back to that trust issue. Well, that's life everlasting. I want to drive a Rolls Royce. But the way I understand it, if you sow now, you can have two Rolls Royces and heaven. You think he's just going to take it? No, he's not a God. He's not a man that he can lie. As we sow. He brings a harvest. And in the harvest comes more seed. And in the seed comes a bigger harvest because we're going to sow more. And it just goes. We can't do it. We're out on the outskirts. No, we're not on the outskirts. We are the people driving into Dallas. We are the people. I wish the Lord would have said this is a Sunday message. They'll watch, they'll listen. Hey, those of you watching, we invested 20 some odd thousand dollars so you could watch. Go to mylifepointchurch.com right now and send a thousand dollars. No, no, I'm serious. That's two heart attacks. You got too many free lunches. Somebody paid for all this. Invest! It's blessing you, isn't it? Galatians 6:7: Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth shows shall he reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life everlasting. Watch this. Listen. Listen. Listen to what Hosea says about this. I read this. I never tell my wife what I'm going to preach. I don't like to do that because once it's been delivered, it just it's like the it's like it's off my chest and it's, it's it has a different feel. So I don't ever ever tell anybody, no one, when I walk to this pulpit, no one ever. It's the it's super extremely rare occasion for somebody to even know what the verse is going to be. Besides the person running pro presenter, I knew she couldn't be here tonight. And I knew that she be watching and she be listening. But I said, baby, I said, I read Hosea chapter 8. And I said, if you read this verse without studying to show yourself approved, it just don't make any sense. It's, it's not eye-opening. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. If it's, you've got to understand the context of what the prophet Hosea says in chapter 8 and verse number 7. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stock, the bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the stranger shall swallow it up. And so as you're reading along here in Hosea, you you, you take this and you go, Wow, it just—it seems like it's out of context almost. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense until you know what two words mean. You got to know what wind means. That's what they sow. And you got to know what whirlwind means. That's what they reap. Here's what the word wind means. He's talking about his children going around and, and living for the world and, and, and investing in the world, investing in the gods of this world, and, and on and on and on. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Sister Beckham, I want you to come at 35, but I, I don't figure I'm going to be finished. What's this. Eight and seven. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stalk. The bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the strangers shall swallow it up. The word wind, watch this. He's talking about his church. How, how people will sow into the kingdom. Right in the middle of how he's talking about what they do for the world. He says, here's, how they, here's what they'll do for the kingdom. The wind right here means to sigh or exhale in frustration. The offering pan's coming again. I guess he's going to preach on money finally. I thought I had avoided that by getting away from the last three churches. He knows we're broke. He knows we're paycheck to paycheck. There's a reason. He didn't design you to be paycheck to paycheck. He designed you to be the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower. The first and not the last. The first cow to the pond, not the last one. Clean water, not dirty water. He he, he didn't design you, and there's nothing against government help if you paid it in, but hear me. He didn't design you for disability. He didn't design you for food stamps. He didn't design you to always be in assisted living. Oh, the pastor, that's, that's stout. That is stout. You know why? Because I know what his word says. And I know what the Bible says that if we will plant a seed, he will bring a harvest. He didn't say he would bring a harvest. He will bring the seed. Watch this. So we know what the word wind means. <sighs> wow. Unbelievable. It's like this again this month. Unreal. He says, when they do that, they reap the whirlwind. So you sow the wind of frustration. The sigh. And then he says, and then I send a harvest of whirlwind. There was one word meaning for whirlwind. Hurricane. So you're going to be frustrated and be all huffy and puffy, that's fine. I'm gonna send about 180 mile an hour wind that's gonna wipe your whole crop out. You gave, but you've done it out of frustration. You've done it out of had to. You've done it out of necessity because it was Sunday and because you're a Christian and because you're trying to go to heaven and because you wanna be able to say you pushed the cart. Here's what he said. Then I'm going to send you winds like hurricane. And if it has a stalk, he says it hath no stalk, the bud shall yield no milk. Then he says, if so be it yield. If it does happen to yield, a stranger's going to eat it. He told one church, You think you're rich, but you're walking around with holes in your pocket. You think you're well, but you don't even understand. You need the balm of Gilead. You need what I can do for you. You think you know things, but you're dying, waxing in ignorance. Folks, I don't ever, 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 ever want to be part of a situation where every time it's my opportunity to put some seed in the field that I have to go through a a series of time called frustration to do it. Y'all all right? They've sown in frustration. There's a chance it'll grow, but it won't yield nothing to you. Somebody else will eat it. Somebody else will get the raise. He blessed you with that job so you could go straight to the top. Not so you could hoard all that and then complain when somebody asked for $75. Because as soon as you do that, that raise you were about to get in the morning, that handshake, something just checked that guy's spirit and said, don't give him the job. I can't trust him with pennies. Why would I give him dollars? Well, here we are. I hope y'all still love me. Luke 6 and 38. Y'all, I'm just doing my part to go to heaven. Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you again. You know what he said? If you put two seeds in the ground, next year you'll have four to put. If you put four in the ground, next year you'll have eight, 16, 32, 64, 128. Come on, somebody hear me. He's a God of multiplication. While we're sitting here figuring out how to add two and three and four, he's a God that's trying to multiply what we have. And he's just saying, let it go. When it comes back, it'll be more. I just wish there were some people that'll help me right now. That just stand to your feet and just say, I'm helping you, Pastor. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. It don't always feel right, it don't always feel comfortable, but I'm helping you. We can't expect to have all the harvest of heaven with 60% cooperation. Come on, he's not going to give us 100% increase over and over again with 60% participation. That's my church, that's my pastor, that's where I go when a baby's born, that's where I go where somebody dies or a friend dies or a friend of a friend of a friend dies. Yeah, you can use the church anytime. Yeah, it'd be the lights in the air and anything, whatever you need. But when the offering pan comes by, oh no. See, we want to give God the last of the fruit. He don't want what's been picked over. He don't want your fingerprints. He don't want the worms and the core and the seed. He don't want black spots exposed all over the fruit. He wants the first thing off the vine. He don't want what's left at the end of the month. He wants to make sure there's enough at the end of the month. You keep it. You hoard it. You'll always need more. You give it to him and at the end of the month you'll be passing it out to somebody. Folks, you can't outgive God. Yes, you ought to have retirement. You ought to have a nice car. You ought to have a nice home. You ought to have nice businesses. You ought to be able to retire early. Let me to tell you how you do that. You get involved in God's economic plan. Get involved on His economic development team. When I give one, He gives back two. When I give a thousand, He gives back two thousand. When I give a hundred thousand, He gives back two hundred. He's not a god of little. Just come on. He's not a God that can lie. He said, give me talent, talent. give me time, give me treasure, give me your worship, give me your praise, give me your testimony, give me a good report. See, that last verse, we always get excited about it. Give and it shall be given. Y'all started clapping. Your backside got light on the seat. You were almost up. Given it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And that makes us want to jump to heaven. Here's the problem. That verse don't say anything about money. Give a frown you'll get a frown. Give a bad report. Talk bad about your brother. Soon as you leave, five will be talking about you. Come on. It ain't just about the money. Let's thank the Lord that he'll do it with our money and with our time and with our healing. But I'm gonna tell you something. When we invest poor seed, when we invest the sheep that we know is not the spotless one of the bunch. See, in the Old Testament, he always required a perfect sacrifice. And the people that died lost were the people that went out there and found the one with the broke leg that barely got spared from the bear's mouth and said, hey, I'll give this to God. He's not a fool. He won't be mocked and he won't be made fun of. You'll either give him the best or there will be nothing good. You'll have more broke leg sheep. He'll give it back to you time and time again. If that's all he's worth to us. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I don't believe we have a money issue here. I don't believe we have a people issue. I don't believe we have a unity issue. I don't believe we have any of those things, but I'm going to tell you what I believe we have. The Lord revealed this to me today. We have a trust issue. The trust thing between the one sitting on the end of your pew. Trust not with the pastor. It's not with the one that greeted you at the door. The trust is, will he do what his word said he will do? Either he will or he won't. Do you believe him for heaven? Do you really? Do you believe if you if you're lost that hell is a real place that people will go? Then somehow in our minds, if we really trust all of that, we have gods. Some of them are in our pockets, some of them are in our garage, some of them are on our property. Oh I've got nice things i got a nice truck I, The Lord blessed me I, I, I bought, a, I bought a, a wrecked Harley Davidson Didn't even realize what I had Went to sell it and found out I had a limited edition Today I'm riding a 21 street glide With no payment I'm blessed I'm blessed Didn't even know what I had Well pastor what would you do I don't even want to go into what I would do But I can promise you right now, if somebody walked up and said, Hey, we want to give to the building fund and this is what we've got. And it was fair and wouldn't cheat the church. The Lord will provide me another two-wheeler later. Everything I have belongs to Jesus Christ. My wife, my children, my children's children, my three sons-in-law. For what that's worth, it all belongs to him anyway. He's letting me use it. I don't have anything that really belongs to me. Watch this. TCCP, the Chinese Communist Party, has made it public. It has been for generations that they want to destroy the Western world, the American way, whatever that may be. It's believers made a statement that if they could destroy our God, are you ready? If they could destroy our God, they would have us as a nation and all of us are thinking right now it will never happen because I will pray there will always be Christian people they cannot destroy our God they can never do it here's the crazy thing generations ago in a museum somewhere outside of Beijing, China and I'm going to do a little more research on this because I want to see it with my own eyes they have a picture of the American God in a beautiful frame on the wall of a museum is a one dollar bill and they say that is America's God and if we can ever destroy that why do you think they print more than we do why do you think they can print our dollar as good as we can and cause it to be worth nothing oh yeah leadership and a lot of other things has to do with inflation but you know what's got a lot to do with inflation When coming out of the Mint, somebody makes a $10 bill and the CCP makes 20 $10 bills. They get it into our circulation, what it's worth. We can price the people into poverty by making their God worth nothing. And they're doing it every single day. It's called inflation. They reprint it. That's so why your taxes go up two years from now, the bubble will be broke and the house that was worth $500,000 a month ago will be worth two sixty dollars again. The car that's trying to give you $7,000 more than you paid for it here a while back, give it a year. You see, that's just how things happen. That's how things work. Oh, yeah, I get it, politics and leadership and and the way things are done. But I'm going to tell you, ultimately, the world knows if we can recreate America's God, we can weaken him by making so many of him. One thing they did get right, they spelled it with a little G. Because they know they're not going to destroy our God. But they do understand what so many people's God is. In our, in our little deal, we did a little handbook here a few years back, and we revised it a few times and had a few meetings. And we said to be in leadership in this church, you gotta support the church. You know, to, to vote on anything, you gotta support the church. Why would anybody want you voting on the finances of the church when you don't have anything invested? I mean, it's, it's simple. It's why it's why you need to have a, a spiritual encounter or I don't want you to help vote on anything spiritual. Because if you don't know what you're voting about and if you don't have any skin in the game, that, that, that's what establishes memberships in most churches all over everywhere. Your attendance, your experience, and your giving. So here's what we have on the platform. If you come up here, that means you have had an experience, you hear every chance you can be, and you give. It's interesting to me, leading up to this message even, the challenges that the Lord has placed before me as a pastor and said, hey, if you're going to ever see anything more, you're going to have to not allow my plan to change. So I'm just telling you, singers, preachers, teachers, I love your skill. But if you want to throw God a tip every now and then, we don't want your spirit to reproduce. That sounds harsh, don't it? All the bills are paid and everything's cool. Hey, baby, you got a 20 in your pocket. The offering's about to come up. He's not blessing that. He's not a server that come to clean up your table. He he, he don't work off of tips. Oh, I don't want to be meddling two Wednesdays in a row. How long have I been, sister? Forty-five minutes? Forty-five minutes? Seven minutes over. Okay, I'm at 42 minutes. All right, come on, singers. That'll let me, that'll let, that'll let me read this. And then let's just go home with this. Because it's, it's a lengthy reading. Matthew 25 and 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Folks, the Lord Jesus left us, and he left us with goods. We there? And unto one, he gave five talents to another two to another one to every man according to his ability The several ability right there means whatever he was capable of and straightway he took his journey then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents he turns his five to ten likewise he that had received two he also gained other two but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money see some folks that have just a little bit feel like I better hang on to this because it's all I got when the Lord said I'm coming back I'm going to multiply what you're trying to hide if you just do right forget the preacher don't shoot the messenger do you trust God can he lie to you has he ever lied to you do you expect him to start tomorrow Likewise, he that received two, he gained two. The one that had one digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him. So he that received five talents came and brought five more or five other talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Woo! When we give and let God multiply, it pleases him because we offered the seed. He gave the harvest and gave us the credit for it. Think about it. We put a little seed in the ground. He grows a harvest to feed the world and gives you the credit for it. What a God. What a fair ruler. Wow. He also received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou delivered to me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done. How many of y'all think he can lie? How many of y'all think God can lie? On that great and terrible day, the only way he's going to say well done is if it was well done. He will not lie that day either. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Wow. I put two seeds in the ground, bring out a harvest of four, and he gives me the credit. What a God. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not straw. You know what that tells me when it says the Spirit of the Lord is like that? He's making it clear. God is not sowing. He's giving for us to sow. The man just told him, I knew you're a hard man that has not reaped because you haven't sown. You gave it to me to sow. And I was afraid, and I went and hid the talent in the earth. Lo, there has, that is thine. Folks, he didn't lose what God gave him. Doesn't it seem like that would be enough to just hang on to what he gave you? But it's not. He's not a God into just getting by. He's a God into multiplication. Multiplication. Now, please, I'm I'm asking you, please, as your pastor that loves you, please don't come talk to me about tithes and offerings when church is over. I'm I'm serious. I see it on some of your face. You can't wait. You're already in second gear. You're ready. Hey, I just want you to know, please don't. Please, just, just for my sanity, please. Show me Sunday. Show me Sunday. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there. Hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said to him, listen to this, it seems so harsh. Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, And then in my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Here's what he's saying. I gave you something. The best thing you could have done if you weren't going to invest it directly in my kingdom was at least give it to somebody that could make some interest off of it. And I take that from you. Won't save you. Won't be happy about it. But it'd be better than burying it. Take, therefore, the talent from him listen to this, take what he had he didn't have the one to begin with take it from him and give it to him which had ten you know why he wanted the one to have ten to have it because he knew he could make it multiply, you know why there's poor people and rich people sitting in churches everybody's a rich person that just hadn't sowed yet everybody in this building's rich, you just hadn't put your seed out yet Everybody here has a harvest waiting on your tractor. But you got to put the seed out. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given and he that shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to know how many people in this building trust the Lord. Do you still trust Him? After hearing 45, 48 minutes of His Word, do you still trust Him? And I'm going to challenge you. The Lord has given us a prime opportunity. Just here before his return to do something fantastic. When, where, how, I don't care, but I know what it takes. And we all know, and 60 percent of the church is not going to get a 100 percent blessing from God. We're going to have to go to him as a family. Everybody, arm in arm, we bring our talent, our time and our treasure we got plumbers we got sheet rockers we got ceiling guys we got fire people we, 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 get, we either have carpet people or no good carpet people we know furniture people sound people we know geeks that can do all this stuff I was looking for the geek but I was looking for Brother Jaden and Brother Kelsey and some Brother Brian we got some geeks we got some guys that know electronics we've we, we got, we got it we've got it has to happen is for those people to throw that seed out. Ah, well. Somebody's gonna come say, Pastor, we've been praying for a while and this is probably the time. I'll share this one thing with you and then I'm done. In the 80s, I'll never forget. In the 80s, I knew a man very well. I loved him. His family's gone on to their reward now and I'm certain I'm going to see them in heaven. Time changed a lot of things in their life. They had done a whole lot for the kingdom and the Lord gave them an opportunity to go boom, to make a big hit. And the moment they did, their heart changed. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as long as it took to sign a contract and put a check in the bank, All of a sudden, the music here is not really what I want. I think my children can excel somewhere else. And they made a transition. And in the course of conversation, what you find is that big hit they got, that church wasn't blessed by it either. And just because you're transient, don't mean you're not accountable. Just because your address is on your back after the contract doesn't mean you're not accountable. That's the inside joke there. Hey, hear me. I just want us to be the best we can be and when I answer to God, If we never achieve the greatness that he he wants us to achieve, I want to at least be able to say, God, I really did try. Let's stand together. There's so many things that the kingdom of God needs. And thankfully, it's not always money because we've got some single mothers. We've got some people right now that, that don't have. Their husbands won't, won't, won't allow them to give, or they, they, don't have a, they don't have a way. They have to find, have to find a way to, to, to church, even. No, we, we, we love those people. We help those people. We, we work with those people. We do everything we can to see to it that they live a life that's respectable. We want to help them as their family. I'm not even preaching to those people because the reason a lot of those people don't have anything is because they've already given it all. Somebody down the line took it and misused it when they weren't even in truth. There's scripture about that too. You can give all you want to all the 501c3s out there. You can give it all. Let let, let me just throw one more at you. Are you ready? If our current government and administration has their way, churches are about to lose their tax exemption. Will you still tithe when the government won't pay you back for it? That's huge. That's huge. Will, will Oshner's and, and, and every place that takes care of burn victims, will, will, will they stay in business once the federal government quits paying people back? They won't. They'll close the doors down to those places. Because here's the fact. If you know the government's going to give it back to you, then you're not really giving. You should give twice. Give to that threshold where they won't give you any more. Then start paying your tithes. Oh, that was deep right there. I almost, I almost bobbed. But you know, you know, I, I, I almost just, when you know, I, I, can, I can write that off. I can write that off. Is, the, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convicted. Is that really giving? When I know I can write it off at the end of the year. Is that the sacrifice the Lord was talking about? Or was he talking about something that he was going to be able to give back? I don't trust the U.S. government with my eternity. I don't trust no president with my heaven or me avoiding hell or my children being saved. I'm going to say this last thing and I'm done it. 52 minutes. Here's what I'm proud to know. While, while, my son-in-law Randy's in the police academy, while he was gone the other day, he don't have a lot of personal time right now during this. And of course, they just had the baby. Baby went today for a checkup. Everything's fine. Sugar's perfect. No jaundice. Gained half a pound already in three or four days. Lord, I'm glad that ain't me at that rate. But, but on the way home, Missy and I went and picked Lindsay and Willow up from the hospital and. We came up 205, and Lindsay said something that made my heart break. She said, Daddy, would you stop at the church on the way home? And I said, why? And she said, because I want the first house Willow ever goes in to be God's house. no we didn't have revival nobody got the Holy Ghost we didn't baptize anybody but we sat here with a little whining baby just walked around the house for five or ten minutes and just let her get to see it and smell it and feel it this is where I've been encased in the womb for the last nine months this is where I've been hearing this is what I've been feeling I want there to be a harvest of those and to be a harvest, we've got to broadcast some seed. Oh my, if y'all are saying, y'all, I don't, I don't apologize, I don't take anything back, and I'm not even being smart at all because normally I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. I felt, I felt this, I feel it, I know it. And so I just wonder if we just lift our hands across this building and just say, God, it's it's okay to pray like a human because a human wants more it's okay to pray like what you are Lord I want to be blessed I want you to multiply my time and my talent and my treasure I want that so lead me to invest it into your kingdom lead me to invest it into a soul Thank you so much for your time. Hey, if you want to, on the way out of here, it's 8:30. We, we've been in church 90 minutes. If you want to just walk around the front, ladies, if you're having, if you got a purse with you and you're fixing to be heading out with it, you can bring it to the altar with you.